0: from our M1 studio here in Durban and we thank our audience members for making the time out of your busy schedule today to talk about a very important issue, an issue of crime that affects you all and an issue that has kept you talking and protesting even this entire week. So we're going to take that forward. Let's get straight into it and and not too much of um, narrative and too much of storytelling. Let's go straight into the facts because I know you've come here today to get some answers and solutions and take it forward and to um, you know leave back into your community with a tangible solution. So here's what we know. A child was killed in a botched hijacking in Shellcross, south of Durban. Community members grew frustrated. They have been lamenting crime in the area for such a long time. They protested at the Chatsworth police station on Monday evening. After some some time, tear gas and rubber bullets were fired at the protesters. It's alleged that some community members threw stones and demanded the suspect to be handed over to the community. Twenty people were arrested there. Government officials then met with the community members to express their concern. A memorandum of concerns and expectations was given to Police Minister Bekikele in Chatsworth, and this week then also saw a father of two also lose his life in a botched hijacking in Avoka north of Durban. It's believed his children witnessed this. Another twenty-four-year-old man died in a nearby in a drive-by shooting in Ottawa. Now, this is basically, it forms the backdrop for what we're talking about, and I think we're not gonna focus on any particular case and any particular person talking about this issue of crime, because these incidents have stemmed from crime, and I think we all have spent the week discussing that, so we know it now, let's move forward. And let's ask you, what happens now, and how do we get you solutions to take forward? So just some parameters I want to set with you. I don't want to discuss the merits of any particular case of any of the tragedies this week. The focus today is a way forward on tackling crime. I also spent some time with you in Chatsworth this week. I know you have a lot in your heart and a lot of frustration to share, but I implore you and I really beg you right now to please keep your points and questions as direct as possible, only for one reason, and that's because we have one hour and so much to cover, so shorter questions give everybody a chance to respond. So, MEC Nkolisi kaunda could not meet you today, and that was my first point of call. He was the one I wanted to speak with, and I wanted to invite him to the panel to get you a response. He could not meet you today, but I refused to bring um, you here today and assemble you, the community of Durban, here today and not provide you with some sort of official answer from this crucial department. So I managed to interview him, and I directed some of your concerns from the week to MEC, and here is that interview concerns that the community has had and what they've asked you for. I wonder if you could provide some sort of guidance or timelines onto this. Uh, I think we'll start with the commission of inquiry that they want investigated into the action against those peaceful protesters at SAP's Chatsworth. Where is that?
1: I'm sure the community members will note that uh, within the police service there is a unit which is independent called uh, the Independent Investigation Territory uh, the IIP. Uh, which is responsible to investigate the behavior and the conduct of the police. So, therefore, whatever inquiries uh, that must be put uh, should be directed to the unit. But um, I put the position of government very clear that within the incident of Monday, there were people who had good intentions. But within them, there were those who were making illegal demands, for instance, when you demand that a suspect must be released from the cells and be given to the so that the community can take the law unto themselves. That, is, that can't be allowed. Throwing stones mm. uh, of throwing stones uh, to the property of the state, that is unallowed. Uh, so therefore, uh, the police uh, who took it to the extreme to do things which were not uh, expected from the police, we also condemn that. But we can't be looking at the police conduct only without... Uh, considering uh, what emerged within that day. and
0: um, What about the case against the 20 protesters? Where is, that? is it Are those charges still likely to go ahead from the state?
1: Yes, the judiciary is the independent institution. So therefore, we should all respect that when the issue has been taken to court, uh, we need to allow the courts with adequate space uh, to do their business.
0: Who gave the order to use tear gas and rubber bullets on the night of the protest at the Chatswood police station?
1: Uh, you'll understand that I'm the executive authority, so therefore, um, <clears throat> that is not my responsibility to investigate who gave the order. That is why we said that should be done by an independent. Institution,
0: but communities saying you had children, women, senior citizens in there. It was a peaceful protest. They didn't want to harm anybody. How then did it warrant the attack of rubber bullets and a stun grenade against them? And I'm I wonder if how that concerns you as the MEC of community safety, knowing that this is the sentiment on the ground.
1: Uh, My brother, uh, I want to share with you. I've been an organizer of matches, big matches. I've led many matches. Some of them with ten thousand people. Some with twenty thousand you know, you can organize your match with good intentions, because the community came there uh, to highlight the plight with the Sukaj family uh, on certain laws. So, but within that grouping, there are people who always want to break the law. So that can't be denied. That is why we need to investigate. That is why those who have taken some photos must assist with those uh, videos so that at the end of the day, the truth can be unveiled.
0: There's a call for a satellite police station to be instituted at Shellcross on the uh, Link Road there. Progress on that or a time frame on that?
1: Yes, the issue of satellite uh, is the issue that um, the police are considering for many areas. And uh, what has become a challenge with the satellite is that there will be no use to open the satellite where there is no enough personnel to be deployed in that, in that uh, satellite as well as coupled with the fleet, uh, the vehicles. So therefore, when you open the satellite, you should uh, be certain that adequate resources will be allocated. So these are the things that the police uh, are still processing so that you do not open um, uh, something which won't be useful to the members of the community.
0: On that note, they've called for increased visibility of policing and one of the concerns coming through from I think many uh, community members and even authorities there on the panel with you that day said that they're concerned about the fact that the men in blue are uh, busy uh, stamping affidavits and pushing paperwork. So what is the strategy and the timeline to increase visible policing to make sure that those who are at the precinct can get out and restore confidence against crime in the community.
1: Already the process has been initiated where the members on the operation uh, are going to be uh, intensifying their visibility. But even those who have not been in uniform and support will be converted for visible policy. Because all what is required uh, is the collaboration of the two, the community and the police. Uh, Even if you allocate one police officer to work with two streets, three streets, uh, in the area, as long as the collaboration and the gathering of information is adequate, then the police will be able uh, to, to, to avert some of the incidents.
0: Mr. Bekiksele said that the relationship between police and the community is in a state of disrepair right now. I mean, some community members have told us that around 2 o'clock they see police officers in uniform at the tote or at the gambling office. So how is your department then going to hold these police officers to account and change the attitude and work ethic of police? Because many are telling us that the police are not really interested in doing their jobs effectively.
1: Already I've assigned my officials from Community Safety and Liaison Department uh, to conduct an assessment of these police stations uh, so that we are able to pinpoint on the grey areas which need some intervention uh, so that we respond uh, swiftly on the calls from the community. And uh, the restoration of the relationship between the police and the community is the process because unity of peoples must find expression in action?
0: And that was MEC, the MEC for Community Safety and Liaison, talking to us, and I think that was. The greatest intention of today's gathering here at the M1 studio in Durban was to put forward those concerns and try and get you some sort of response. I hope the response that you received is good enough. I hope it's strong enough for you to hold that department accountable and to get the answers that you want. Okay, let's now go on to our panel today. I'm very fortunate and and very grateful to have today in studio to talk to us Kiru Naidu, and he's a government representative uh, from the Department of Human Settlements, and he's also very instrumental in the Chatsworth Shellcross Anti-Crime and Social Cohesion Forum. Of course, this was largely um, uh, spearheaded by MEC Ravipile. Kirunaidu, thanks for your time today.
2: Yes, good day, Taresh Thank you for having me.
0: And to provide us a bit more official clarity on the state of safety and security, we've got Brigadier Jay Naika. He's representing the South African Police Service in KwaZulu Natal. Brigadier, thanks for your time.
3: Good afternoon, Taresh
0: So there we go. That's our panel today, and we are going to be going to audience members, a lot assembled here today to to raise their concerns and take the conversation forward. I'll start with my panel now and just try and also get some sort of direction from them Kiru, I think from a government perspective, what was very clear this week was that government descended on Chatsworth. You had the MEC there, you had two MECs there, you had M- M- leaders of, of um, provincial legislature there, you even had the national minister of police. A lot of discussion. What's going to be done with it now?
2: Well, I think it, what it points to is the fact that both elected office bearers and government officials have been immediately responsive. Whenever there's any crisis in our communities, and we're not just speaking only of Indian communities here, right across the province, this record of government of being immediately responsive, listening into people's concerns and then taking appropriate action from our particular vantage point, either as government officials or as elected office bearers. And it's not just been in in this instance. Mm. I mean, there's a constant thing. You refer to the social cohesion program. This is something that government does across the province all the time. So it's it's a very firm and defined presence there and a connection with our communities.
0: So what work has started then to take that concern forward? Because a lot was collated. I know the memorandum was provided through, and I think... The government officials listened intently, but what happens now?
2: Well, government's role here is to work within and as part of community structures. So we have a triumvirate of the police on the one hand, government and the community. And the most important part of that triumvirate is the community. So the thrust of what's been achieved thus far is to lend support, to build confidence, to bring in resources from government where that's possible. But the lead agency in a lot of the issues that affect immediate communities are the communities uh, themselves. And in this instance, we've, we've seen for instance in Chatsworth, a committee set up which is a representative body of various areas of Chatsworth, religious bodies and so on, which themselves have put together a memorandum which they presented to the Minister of Police and other parties. So that's the sort of basis which we respond
0: to. Kiru, how has government been reacting to this suggestion and this uh, accusation against government that they were too slow to react, that this particular community of Chatsworth was raising this issue of crime and safety on a long-standing approach, and only now when there's a tragedy like this and there's protests like this, that's when top-level government descended into the area.
2: Well, one can't be defensive in this regard. If that's what people say, then that's an expression of, of their reality. Perhaps they want to see greater energy, they want to see more visibility, and all of this came up in the various community meetings that we've been engaged with throughout the week. And we haven't only been in chats with it's been in, in various communities in, in the city and uh, wider parts of the province. But this is a fair comment. Yeah. If, if that's the feeling of people, then government has to have its ear to the ground and listen in and, and respond in a way that seeks to satisfy those
0: communities. Yeah. yeah, I think it's 14 days, Kiru, and we'll touch on that, how then uh, police minister is likely to then you know, come back and give feedback. He's committed to that. But let's shift that now to Brigadier Jay Naika, and I'm going to start there, Brigadier, with you and, and, and talk about um, another issue, and this is the relationship issue that has been highlighted, the so-called breakdown between community and police, and it stems from that protest. A lot of unanswered questions about that protest. What can you tell us? about that community feels they've been alienated and abused in this regard?
3: Yeah, Suresh, uh, um, I think, yes, we, we are disappointed in, in terms of that breakdown in relationship. Uh, for a long time, we believed that we had a good relationship in that, um, in that community uh, because over the years, we had a very active CPF, and uh, to such an extent that they voted the best CPF in the country and they were functioning quite well. So after this incident, obviously, there has been a breakdown in terms of that. in terms of what happened on that night uh, and the police action that followed, as we said, uh, the minister has promised to to have an independent investigation to find out, uh, to get both sides of the story. Mm. They've, accused, they've accused
0: police of being brutal, and when that accusation comes through, what do you, as a, you know, a, I think an executive committee then of the South African Police Service, what do you do then with your members? Do you say? Guys, were you brutal and why was this the case? What mm-hmm. was the immediate mm-hmm. intervention into mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, look, the acting uh, provincial commissioner that was uh, newly appointed uh, for KZN just arrived in office on Monday when this, this unfolded. So since Tuesday, he's been in Chatsworth. And uh, the first thing he did on Tuesday morning was to meet with the management to find out what happened. So we've got the police side of this, uh, the story. And um, we know in every protest action, um, people will be unhappy. Uh, with police, I don't think there's any protest action where we disperse people that they were not happy. they were happy about it. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the law, the police, uh, their laws in place the, in terms of the illegal gatherings act, and our police officers on the ground are called to make that difficult decisions. Um, quite often, uh, I mean obviously, when we disperse people, we uh, are criticized for it. But then on the other end, there's been a number of incidents in KZN as as well as other provinces where we were criticized for not acting quick enough because lives were lost, uh, mm. property was damaged. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's. I think the criticism, where...
0: Brigadier, was that you're acting against <clears> the wrong people. You're attacking now the uh, community who are there to to raise their concern, as opposed mm. to the to the culprits. I think that's the accusation yes. and 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 the criticism you take forward. The burning question, Brigadier, and I put it through to MEC as well. I wonder what your thoughts are on it, knowing that you've been very much into the inquiry into this. Who gave the order to react that way against the community?
3: Look, I think the MEC responded uh, correctly uh, because that's part of an investigation. So we shouldn't be conducting our own parallel investigations uh, whilst the minister is, is, uh, is uh, you know, promising to mm. give the community feedback yeah. uh, following that independent what investigation. What is known about that
0: investigation? When is information likely to emerge from that? Uh,
3: the minister did make a promise to give the community feedback in 14 days. Uh, that was on Tuesday so we we and he promised to give do that in person mm. so we're hoping to hear from him uh, i'm not sure
0: who's doing the investigation but we will hear from him so that's the backdrop and some of the questions that we've raised and this is what we've been listening to throughout uh the week and we've put it forward now through to- authorities even the MEC uh, Mr. Toly Sikaunda has um come through with us and, and, and given us some sort of insight into it. It's time now to take it through to the M1 audience, and we thank you so much for uh, coming through today with your uh, attendance to talk about this issue. Of course, the team is roving around, and they're going to bring you an opportunity to speak. Uh, we can do this in an orderly fashion. i also beg you to please keep that comment and, and your opinion as brief as you, pos- as you can so everybody gets a chance to speak. So yes, we're going to go to our audience members in a short while.
4: The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM.
0: So we'll start with Mr. Raja and he tells me he's been a victim of crime from Phoenix. Hello, this
5: is Mr. Raja, Mm. the son of Continental Cartage Contractor. And I've been shot in Woodview, Phoenix, 2003 because I had a taxi operating license. And the police, um, by the name of Coogan, came and asked me to sign a petition, and I refused. And after two days after, they shot me in Woodville. Hmm. And did you raise that at the time
0: with police authorities?
5: They took they the documents, uh, dockets, and they throw it one side. Mm. And that went to court previously. We made a thing in the court, and they throw it one side. Mm. nothing had happened. the
0: case is not registered. Mm. Well, thanks, Mr. Dodger, for I think telling us your story and
5: from gate ride, right in, um, in Verulam and we found the suspect, and they don't want to attend to the suspect, mm. and now. Mm. They are asking me for bribe money for the car. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mr. Rajah, I think I'll uh, thank you so much for raising this, this actual issue here. It is on the ground as to what many community members have to go through. It's well, possibly identifying that what we've been discussing, the breakdown between um, police and community. I think we've got uh, Mr. Rocky Naidu who's joining us now. Mr. Naidu, your thoughts very quickly. <laughs>
6: Thank you very much. I think we must be very honest with ourselves. Government has let us down. We must also be mindful of the fact that crime is basically taking over Chatswood and KwaZulu-Natal. Now let's deal with the incident of Monday. Police must be honest to themselves that the community of Chatswood has been working very well with them. There's street community, street patrols, there's... uh, sub-forums, there's the community policing forum, so there's never been a strained relationship. If anything, on Monday, police strained that relationship because of their actions. There was an incident earlier on at police, and they clouded it. When the community gathered, they were calling out for police to address them, because they came out crying for help. Instead, what police did, said we will deal with it just now like we're meeting, and then when they had pops out there, they brutally dealt with a community that came out crying for help. Now we must understand that in 2001, in Mobeni Heights, a child was killed in an hijacking. His sister was injured. So effectively, it's just not happened now. It's been happening over 24 years since the dawn of democracy. Mm. So, what has let us down? Democracy has let us down. Mm. Because we're not even safe in our home homes. I've been hijacked six times. We're not even safe when we're taking our children to school. So, effectively, our children don't have a safe environment. Yeah, yeah. And whose responsibility is that? The law enforcement agencies and government. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go to a funeral now yeah. in Clara State where a parent was shot dead in front of his children because he was going to go and buy potatoes and tomatoes. Absolutely. So Mr. You, you're safe, no way. Yeah. And police I, have let us down I'll and they've been brutal.
0: i leave it there with you, Mr. Naidu. Yeah, I will take that forward. Sanesh from Pinetown now joins me today in our M1 studio. Hello, Sanesh.
7: Uh, hi, Thresh. <coughs> okay, I think it starts from the top. And, you know, just on what the Brigadier had commented, it's taken five days, there's no answer uh, in terms of who authorized uh, that shooting to the community. Like I said, it starts from the top. I'm starting to wonder whether Beki Sele is a pastor or a priest, as he seems to spend more time visiting aggrieved families rather than resolving things from the root. What you should be doing, Becky, is applying harsher laws for criminals and policies and controls for local operations that don't perform. For example, the Chatswood police station. The entire force should be removed, as in fired, as they have defied their code of conduct and some oath to service and protect their communities and people of South Africa. What they actually do from public observation is shopping with state vehicles during office hours, using state vehicles for personal use, harassing and arresting of innocent, helpless citizens for domestic issues, and the greatest efforts in a glorified secretarial function of certifying ID copies. And and finally, the lawlessness attacking and shooting of unarmed peaceful protesters, protesters that are begging for their rightful execution of their roles. The lawlessness, gross disrespect and disregard for authorities again is an example from the top which is a cascade to the common uneducated man on the street. Our president on national broadcast tells an honored member of parliament to shut up more than once. Is this the attitude of Marikana's that's still unanswered? Is Marikana the appetite for Cyril Ramaphosa to see this country in a political unrest creating bloodshed? While Cyril poses with white women on the beaches for a selfie, their families and husbands are being slaughtered in the farms for a small piece yeah, of land yeah. when there's millions I'll of it hectares of land. i leave it there
0: with you, Sinesh. I'll leave it there with you. Thanks, thanks for raising your point with us. Let's go to Cassidy Pillay. And Cassidy is a young girl. She's 11 years old and she's joining us from Chatsworth. Cassidy, thank you for joining us today in our conversation.
8: I'm Cassidy Paley from Chatsworth. Can the government please take away the guns? Please protect our children. We must enjoy our lives and not die by the hands of someone else. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Cassidy. We can hear the, the concern in even the young young voices coming through today. Let's go to Rohit Brijalal. He's from Chatsworth today. Hello, Rohit.
9: Good, oh, good day to you. Hmm. I would like to know who do we blame first? Is it human development or is it SAP? When last was anything developed in Chatsworth with regards to the reservoirs, the substations and in Merinil, where, I, where I originally from, the mm. police station does not work. Mm. The computers have been down for a month. There is no phone line. Where is the communication between the police and the, and the residents? Mm. And another thing I would like to know from you guys, we've got ward, ward councillors who has, who has 10 committee members. Who is more recognized, the CPF or the what, uh, what Committee members? How many of the people around know that there are ward Committee members, but they get paid? The CPF do not get paid. What is going on? Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Mr. Bridadal. We're going to uh, take that issue and those points forward. Diane Barna joins us also in studio. Your concern today?
4: Thank you very much. I, I think this province must understand how lucky it is to get uh, General Makunazi here. He's the most highly decorated police officer in the Saps. So we should expect great things from him, and I think we need it. I've done an analysis, and I work on the police portfolio committee in Parliament, an analysis of the crime stats, and Chatsworth is the fifth worst precinct. Um, There is more crime in Durban, Central, Pinetown, Phoenix, and Emlazi, but then comes Chatsworth, and it's fifth for carjacking. And even though Chatsworth um, is the fourth worst in terms of drug-related crimes, and the sixth worst in trio crimes, that's house and business robbery and carjacking, why is it that we're not seeing, visibly seeing, Uh, proactive work from the station. There is a list um, of, and it's a very big red light for me, the list of crime detected as a result of police action, and Chatsworth is not even on the list, doesn't crack the top 10. So very little police action, and yet a great deal of crime in Chatsworth, I think that's where the questions have to start.
0: Mm. Well, thanks so much for raising them with us. And we're going, to be, we're going to go now to our panel and we'll discuss that further. We're going to come back to the audience member, don't you worry. We are going to give you still an opportunity to raise your concerns and, 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 and take, the, take the conversation forward. But I think it's also important now to get some sort of feedback on that. And I think I'm just going to go chronologically just so we're able to get through it and and you know we've, we've got a gentleman talking about the fact that he's been shot by you know, he's been shot in an incident his car's been stolen he wants to get it back he's been um, there's no joy coming through from police and, and he says police has been asking for a bribe you know when you hear reports of inefficiency like this one can then you know it one can then assume or rather question how effectively is police actually doing their job in, in its current context Brigadier, I think you could, you could yes. start on that.
3: Therese, I will have to meet with Mr. Raja afterwards to get the case numbers and so forth. Uh, obviously, police officers taking bribes, they don't belong even amongst our communities, they should be in the cells. Uh, I'm just disappointed that uh, this never came to our attention. But I will be sitting, Minister Rajah, uh, mm. afterwards to get their details. Yeah. Yeah, Brigadier, I uh, wonder if
0: that's a problem. Then I mean, you know, we understand that there's a structure in place at the police service to address these things and uphold law, but maybe the gatekeepers of the law is not bringing it to you, and that is the immediate police on the ground who's supposed to resp- respond to this and and take the matter forward. That's where your attention then needs to go, isn't it?
3: Definitely, that's what I was going to say next, uh, before you, you uh, interrupted me. Yeah. Uh, we have, a, on the police's side, we have a uh, complaints call centre, where all complaints are lodged and investigated, so it's allocated to an investigator who deals with the complaints to ensure that it's investigated by uh, the, the, the police itself. I get a lot of complaints um, on a daily basis where people are not happy with the service that they receive from police, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. and we ensure that it's being uh, registered and investigated. Then, obviously, there's the civilian secretariat for police that's independent of the police that investigates all complaints against police, and then lastly, the IPID yeah. uh, that investigates, uh, you know, police criminality yeah, yeah. Uh, um, relating to police yeah. officers. Brigadier,
0: so, I want to ask you then, do they have resources? I mean, Rohit tells us there's no computers at his police station. He needs to phone through and he can't get through. So, are they resourced with those, you know, minute details to make them do their job effectively?
3: Look, there's challenges here and there. I can't say for Mayor directly I'll obviously have to check. Um, police stations do have their challenges. When the Acting Pro- Provincial Commissioner sat with Chatsworth, uh, Seps, on Tuesday, Uh, They did indicate to him the shortages in terms of manpower and vehicles. And um, he's he's promised to look into that. But also he looked at the manpower and said how they can better use that manpower. And I think some of the things came up to say there was too many people doing administration. So he said, no, cut them out, put them onto the street. Um, There shouldn't be so many people in certain departments attending to administrative uh, functions when we should have more visibility. Police officers play strategically to be proactive, to detect crimes. Um, He he wanted more stop and searches, and I believe that's happening. Uh, I started getting some complaints Mm. from members of the community, and we're appealing to them. I think he also, when he spoke to community leaders on Wednesday, uh, did tell them, listen, please cooperate with our police officers, but we did receive complaints from people saying that they, you know, law-abiding people, and they were stopped and searched. So that's gonna happen, and then obviously to respond Obviously, quickly when, when community members yeah. call for it. I
0: mean, Brigadier, I think that is the one of the major points on this memorandum that was issued to community. They they're yes. calling for visible policing, and and what we've been told is that uh, from the, the senior authorities is that, um, of course, the the lack of resources, lack of staff, lack of personnel keeps coming up. How then do you do that? Because it it then seems it's not like it's not a commitment to fight the crime. It's a lack of management, lack of hiring people, training them and putting them out onto their beats to do the job. So in terms of that management, where is the starting process to ensure that that is addressed so you get more people out onto the street, Mm -hmm. more police out onto the street?
3: Look, we, we we're not just talking about Chatswood Police Station. We're talking about 185 yeah. police stations in the province. And then you get a budget, you get the manpower, and you need to divide that resources amongst all these police stations to ensure that they all have adequate policing. Uh, I mean, resources to police. So there will be shortages at all police stations. Um, in, in in we are also obviously requesting from national government. for for an additional budget. I think the minister has asked for additional budget for promotions and for recruiting. So when we get that resources, we distribute it amongst 185 police stations. So we can only distribute those, uh, that what we get. Um, if you understand what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. So I think it it, it points down to even something that sanesh mentioned when he said that it needs to start and 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 I think it's it's a good debate right now. You know, that does effective handling of crime start on the ground where you have a greater manpower on the street, or does it come from the top who implements the strategy? So that then pushes it into the quadrant of government. From that perspective, you know, has government you know realized right now that at the top level they need to look at new strategies to I think assist the police force a little bit more in terms of resources?
2: Well, I think there's a good
10: measure of
2: cooperation that necessarily takes place. But I want to take a step further back. The, the frustrations that were being expressed uh, by various members here, especially about resources on the ground, mm. whether it's telephone lines at police stations and other things, I'm not sure if people are aware that, especially in KwaZulu-Natal, we have, right at the ward level, structures that exist that are meant to address precisely these kinds of issues. These are through the Operation Suguma Sake uh, war rooms in individual wards. Now, theoretically, they're meant to be all over the province, but whether they function effectively or not depends on the councillors and the individual communities. Since we're referring to a local community here, I was uh, not so long ago at a war room in Bayview in Chatsworth, and ordinary members of the community bring criticisms like that has been raised here to that war room, and the structure there is meant to have the police, education, health, human settlements, and all kinds of officials, and they're meant to answer there and take those things Back to the relevant authorities. Mm. So instead of, you know, Brigadier Nica explaining it here, also we want to encourage communities to use those. Operations Suguma sake structures in their individual yeah. wards, yeah. so that government can be directly responsive.
0: Mr. Nado I want to ask you. Then you know, one of the things also came out through community research was that uh, you know ward councillors are usually points of calls for this, and and many are saying that they are ineffective in, in their job. So I want to know from you, from a government level, what is the oversight? You know, you select your person and you approve the person who is running for a ward position in your area. They get the vote, they are instated, and then. Do you just part ways like that? Or is there constant control and monitoring of what your ward councillor is doing in that ward to ensure that these local issues don't crop up and that everything is running smoothly?
2: Well, indeed. At, at a broad level, government performs an oversight role. But the real power rests, for instance, within councils and for local communities to hold those officials accountable. But as you point out, in many areas we've seen a breakdown in this. At the community meeting we had in Chatsworth on Monday evening, I think it was, um, there were members of the community hollering for the councillors, and as government officials that's not a question we can answer, but it was a very justified question in tragic circumstances Where were the councillors in dealing with that on on the ground? Now, that granted, there were some councillors present, but the ones from whom they wanted answers were not there.
0: Mm. And I think that's an important point. How then do you hold your councillor accountable? And I'd love to even take that through to audience and and ask you on your relationship with councillors and how they you know provide you that link with with government to take that forward. There's still some some points to get through here. We've had the I think an impassioned plea from an 11 year old here at um, in the audience, Brigadier, talking about gun control. And please, please, can you prioritise that the the, the the use of illegal guns in society and how that can easily be fired and you know that. that 11-year-old is concerned, she could lose her life the way the 9-year-old girl did. So, you know, what is the plan forward to increase gun control and, and, and stricter access of that? Yeah, look,
3: that, that is being handled on a national government level. Um, we, we're told that there's going to be a firearm amnesty, and we're eagerly waiting that uh, to take place because on a monthly basis we recover hundreds of firearms. And uh, there's more and more firearms, and the firearms we're recovering are new firearms also. Um, we, can, we see firearms being e- used irresponsibly. Um, for instance, in the private security industry, yesterday there was a big shootout in the taxi rank in, in, uh, in, in, in Pietermaritzburg, mm. and an uh, innocent bystander was shot dead. Uh, we've seen a number of incidents where security guards are firing gun, mm. gunshots into the air. These are legal firearms that they were given to do their jobs. I think we've uh, reacted uh, very, very quickly in most of these instances. I think there was a case recently in Hillcrest where the guys were arrested. They were taken Mm. to court. They pleaded guilty. They've been declared unfit now to possess a firearm. So obviously they can't be working in the security industry. So there's a number of initiatives. And and, yeah, we're just just appealing uh, for people just to be, uh, those who have licensed firearms are asking for those firearms to protect themselves, but they're not using them responsibly.
0: Well there you go. We are talking about issues of crime today at the M1 studio. It comes after a week of, of serious um, c- crime incidents that have got the community talking. and I'd love to know from you now, the audience here assembled. I mean, and, and this, this is a call now to you, and, and you know raise your voice, if you will, because this is your community, and this is where you get to get to shout, and this is where you know you get to um, address your concern. Do you feel safe in your community? Yeah, you don't feel safe. So I think the issue then becomes: how then do you hold communi- uh, organisations, uh, uh, you know, accountable to that? Let's start with our audience member. We've got uh, Sham Dunpal, and we understand he's from the Morton CPF. Sham, your thoughts today? Good day,
11: Taresh. Thanks for the opportunity. Mm. Uh, My thoughts today is, as the gentleman said, government officials always descend when there's an incident that happened, and they've done that now. To what the people have uh, noticed, these officials that have descended down here have only come in for a photo shoot. The time frame that uh, the minister has given, 14 days. 14 days is too long for an investigator, for him to come back and give us feedback. This investigation should have happened the next day, the very next day, while everything was happening down on the ground those people in uh, those people involved here would have been caught out those people who gave the orders to start firing on the crowd they would have been brought to brought to book immediately 14 yeah. days is way too long yeah. for us to go down that road over there
0: yeah As you know the, Sham, while we've got you here today and and yeah i should have mentioned this earlier jake singh from the chatswood cpf was to join us on the panel he's taken ill this morning um and he wasn't able to join us and and since you represent the morton cpf and i know that protest that that got through to chatswood police was a collaborative effort um I want to ask from a community perspective because one of the suggestions coming through is that there were some rowdy community members who were uh, you know demanding the the suspect to be handed over what kind of oversight did CPFs like yours have to ensure that your voice was heard in the, within the confines of the law because that is a criticism coming through Okay, I hear your question. Mm. With regards to uh, Jake Singh, I cannot answer that one. Yeah, but I'm saying, wasn't it a collective effort? It was a collective
11: effort by all CPF members trying to to calm the crowd down. Yeah, that was basically what we were were doing there, calming the crowd down. Because uh, from the video that was uh, posted earlier on, it was the Colonel, uh, it was the Brigadier that asked the crowd to come in at six o'clock and he will be addressing them. So yes members of the CPF, we were calming the crowd down so that the Brigadier could address those people. But knowing that he was going to address those people, there were no resources there. There was no loud hailers, nothing where there for him to address the people. So how was he going to get his voice through to the crowd?
0: Hmm. Well, thanks so much, Sham for talking to us today. We'll take all of these concerns forward. Rishigan Virana, he's uh, joining us today. And I think he works very extensively in the community with regard to safety in KwaZulu-Natal good, thanks for your
12: time. Thank you very mm. much, Daresh. Mm. I would just like to say that it's a bit misleading to say that safety is the the responsibility of local ward councillors. It's quite clear in our constitution that community safety and policing is both a provincial and a national mandate. It's mm. not a local government mandate. On that point... Two to three years ago, the president announced that there would be a return of the specialized units that were disbanded in 2002. At that point, these specialized units proved incredibly successful in dealing with priority crimes. So what I would want to know is, when is the anti-hijacking unit going to return, the narcotics unit going to return? When is crime intelligence going to be made functional again in KwaZulu-Natal, because these are the units that in the past proved incredibly successful in tackling these sort of brutal and violent crimes. The promise was made two years ago, yet we've seen no action on it.
0: Thanks for that, Rishigan. Let's go to Alvin Bridgelal in the audience. Hello, Alvin. I just
3: want to um, continue with the uh, disbanded units that we have uh, that was very effective and that should come into operation again and I think the Brigadier should be able to the long meetings that they have every day um, and every time you phone the stations and uh, certain management they're always in meetings. So I'm sure they're discussing these type of issues and I want to know uh, very especially about a very uh, serious comment or statements that were made by an opposition leader, opposition member in Parliament, we asked a question to the Minister of Safety and Security, Baker Keller, about intelligence, uh, the Intelligence Committee and the monies that were taken away from that committee, which can be used for our intelligence services down here. Um, it, he mentioned a family's name that was being, uh, t- but that actually have been paid with those type of monies. What type of response or what is your response to that?
0: Thanks for the question. Pops Thomas from Montclair. Hello there.
8: Hi. Hmm. Uh, my question to the Brigadier um, is, on Monday night when the crowds uh, gathered to um, you know, share their concerns, our uh, social media was really active, you know, and we at home was watching and seeing what was happening my question then was posed why wasn't the mec present to address the crowds and i'm sure that would have helped greatly because there was an earlier post indicating that he was going to come on wednesday but by then there was total you know uh chaos the, this the the crowd was not unruly as far as i as a, a home-based person watching it but i firmly believe that the mec should have attended to that uh, to the crowd and listen to them. And that would have brought some calm in the situation and not escalated it to the to the end of what it had actually uh, happened. Mm.
0: Thanks so much, Bob's, for that. We appreciate it. Let's go to Aslam Mayat from Westfall. Mr. Mayat, thanks for joining us today.
4: Uh,
10: thank you. A lot of uh, discussion has been about how to prevent it from a policing point of view. Mm. Uh, but I think the, there's a holistic problem that uh, exists. Uh, you know, we heard about iPad. You know, iPad is fighting the police. Ministers are trying to lock each other up. Uh, the Metro police go and hold the mayor hostage. So there's a lot of political problems that need to be resolved. Um, I think the, so. And, and, and the other thing is service delivery. And that also ties in with the mismanagement, uh, theft. Um, service delivery, the politicians, the government, local government not using resources correctly instead of allocating to the correct place, it's it's being mismanaged and wasted. So unless those other issues are looked at, you can bring in bazookas and whatever, it's not going to, the police have already lost the, the battle. I mean, I think they've got uh, private security protecting the police. So. Further jackboot thing is not going to solve the problem. Bringing the death penalty is not going to solve the problem. We need to look at this thing holistically, not just in the linear problem. We need to look at all the other issues Mm. that sort it out.
0: Thanks so much. We appreciate your time, Mr. Maid, for joining us today. So I think it's about... Less than 15 minutes left, and I still want to wrap up most of the conversation. We'll be back to address all of this in a second. It's Newsbreak Talk, our special broadcast on how to take the fight against crime forward. So, yes, it's Newsbreak Talk with me, Tarish. Looking at a tangible way forward and some of the challenges with regard to crime, and, yes, we did get you some answers earlier from MEC Kahunda, taking all of that forward now and looking at what is the core issue and what is the immediate issue of addressing um, the issue of crime. I did say we were going to go back to panel to talk about it, but I see the crowd here in M1, and we thank you so much for joining us, for you know taking your initiative seriously, for for um, being strong with your community. So let's go back to them. Let's go to Mr. Rafik Shah. Mr. Shah.
13: Um, thank you I I want to make an observation and and I'm sure this will benefit the Brigadier you see the fact that crime has reached alarming levels is is, that's not in dispute but I guess the the problem is about perceptions it's about how government is dealing with crime let me tell you about the anger you know amongst residents in Chaswick they feel neglected. They feel that they've been dinner, given a rough deal. They feel actually biased and prejudiced. They've, that's exactly the feeling on the ground, I tell you. And I'll tell you why they have that perception. You see, when there are tires burning on Link Road and on the Higginson Highway, when the lives of the people in Chatsworth is disrupted, there's no, there's no rubber bullets and stun grenades and all of that happening there. It's the first time out of frustration that the people of Chatsworth actually concentrated outside the police station. And for the first time that they, they tried to, you know, frust- uh, out of frustration, mm. what happened? Now we know there were some unruly people before the bigger gathering, the larger gathering. Now I'm not saying that the police are prejudiced or biased, but I want you to know that they feel that there is an application of the law, but it is a selection application of the law. Mm. Because when people were marching, if, if, the reason they gave, and I'm giving, I'm giving you simple language, the reason they gave, for firing on the people was this, that they were violent, perhaps, or it was illegal gathering. I know at least of two marches that came out of, I won't take the name of the place, because then it will seem like, you know. I don't give this thing a racial connotation. Illegal march, protected by the police, I was there. They were led to the office of a counselor, threatened the counselor, and no rubber bullets, no nothing. Mm. So, do you blame the people Mm. when they say that they are being prejudiced or biased? Do you blame them?
0: We'll leave it there with you, Mr Shah. Thanks for that. Let's go to Raj Governor. I want to implore to you all to please be as quick as possible. I know you want to raise important points, but we also would like to get some feedback on them. So, yes, Uh, Mr Governor, go uh, ahead.
9: Good day, Mr Brigadier. I just want to refer to policing in this country. And embassy Uh, came on air one of the days and he said that Chathut Police Station has got resources but what what the community wants to know, what is the sense of having resources without effective policing, number one. Number two, it's it's a well-known fact that I'm born and brought up in the heart of this city here, and it's a well-known fact that the house robberies are like, you know, coming out of a, you know, like a comic book. You know, once they get into the houses, where's the jewelry? Where's the safe? You know? And how come, I'm born and out of Gray Street, how come there's hundreds of gold shops, cash for gold and big adverts, you know, mushroomed up in all these towns, crazy it was the hub of the Indians, today there's hardly any business people, they're almost wiping us off down there, and you know, there's a gold shop next to me in the, in the, in the CBD, there's 10 police vans companies, and they run by the Nigerians, well that tells you a lot also. And ten policemen come there, they laugh at these guys. What kind of a relationship is is when the guy go there and he drops something down on the van? You know, I mean, what is being done about this? Mm. When they, can yeah, can the police link these two together? Yeah,
0: Mr. Governor, we'll leave it there with you. Thanks for that. Let's go to Rodney Pillay. Mr. Rodney Pillay, we understand you're a trust with the ward councillor.
13: Uh, good, good afternoon to one and all. Uh, I'm Ronnie Play, a ward councillor of Ward 73. I firstly just want to make some uh, request here in regarding to, directly to Brigadia. You're queried about the CPF's doing well in Chatsworth. I'm the ward councillor for the last nine years. I'm very disappointed uh, with the CPF. Believe me or not, since Jake's Play became a candidate against me for the ANC, uh, there were meetings that were held in Chatsworth at my ward at the Montfort Community Hall. The executive members of the CPF disrupted my uh, meetings on several occasions. Even when I had private people working on the streets, uh, Jake Singh came and disrupted me in that and created problems. Yeah. So I yeah. don't think- Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to done.
0: leave it there with you when you talk about, I mean, we're trying to bring politics in. I, mean, I think we are just looking at a general community issue here on crime. So I think, thanks for that. We'll, we'll try and give that attention. Thanks for that point. Nursin Naidu from Mirbank.
5: Hello, uh, good day. I would just like to find out from, uh, the panel, you know, uh, what sort of funding and and is there uh, enough funding being uh, allocated to the KZN area and the police uh, departments? And is the funding being used in the proper manner and uh, training as well? Are police being regularly trained?
0: Thanks for that. I think that's a tangible point to take forward. Let's go to I think our final audience member. We've got Jonathan Anipen who wants to speak now.
14: Thank you. Um, There are two important points that I want to bring up. One is that, is there any evidence that the 19 individuals who were detained and charged, uh, and were called culprits by the SAPS that were accused of damaging state property and assaulting policemen. Is there any evidence to that effect? Because I can give you evidence of those same 19 people who walked into the cells, perfectly healthy, but came out with bruises, they came out bloody, they came out with cracked skulls. The second thing is that the minister promised police visibility in Chatsworth. Today I saw pictures of police horsemen riding around Chatsworth. In Amlazi and in Gliblins, when politicians are killed, they don't get horsemen here criminals are running a rampage with military weapons and we are given horsemen. Why did the police, why did the community of Chatsworth don't get the same treatment that uh, other communities are given and why do we deserve this sort of uh, sort of intolerance?
0: We'll leave it there with you. So I think gentlemen, lots for us to take forward, lots for us to talk about. Let's start with you Brigadier. I think there's a lot of, um, I, th- I think the issue on uh, time frames, you know, and they're saying it's too slow. Firstly, the start of it was that 14 days is too slow for, for Minister to respond to that. The issue is burning now is talk about the banning of certain units, the anti hijacking unit, the anti-drug unit. Why was that banned? Okay, well, I think they the, the moved away from that. These were supposed to be reinstated, they're not. Any, uh, any update or advice on that?
3: Yeah, look, a lot of these issues are dealt with at a national level, but I'm going to quickly go through it. Uh, I think starting from the back, Jonathan's uh, concerns regarding the people that were assaulted. Uh, we did indicate to them even on Wednesday to, to to report the matter to IPID so it can be investigated. Obviously we want it to be investigated impartially, the police can't investigate it themselves. Uh, regarding his concerns about just the, the horses that were sent in, I think that's just the first uh, Uh, Step in in terms of bringing resources. The minister promised, uh, I think, at the community meeting on the Thursday, where Jonathan was there, that there is going to be a camp. I'm not too sure. He mentioned something. I also was there and I heard that. In terms of bringing resources, he compared it to some deployment that was taking place in Cape Town. So we we hope that from national level,
0: there is going to be additional resources, not just resources from KZN. Brigadier, to fast-track all of this, the evidence aspect of it that that has been raised about the fact that what was the evidence of that crowd being unruly? Because there is evidence to to talk about how those 19 were um, abused there, as is the allegation in the cells
3: Okay, yeah. Uh, look I can't talk to that the, they were arrested the NPA I think the next day the, the senior public prosecutor and other prosecutors were there at the police station they looked at the evidence that was uh, police had with them uh, uh, they looked at the docket and they found it was sufficient evidence to place the matter on roll so unfortunately we can't talk to that mm. because we just arrested and I think it then was taken to the NPA who decided there was sufficient evidence
0: to enroll the matter Hmm. I think the issue of funding came through, about how are the funds being allocated, and Kino, I wonder if you could talk about that, when government makes that allocation, what sort of presentations are made to them? Because if at this stage you have a situation where uh, community members are willing to, to, to stop their lives in protest over crime, suggests that this is a growing problem which needs a great deal of funding, so how is that taken forward to government to roll out stronger funding for crime prevention? Well, the police received their
2: own budget allocation and that's meant to be distributed for along their particular programs. But something that arose in a community meeting in Greenwood Park last night, where MEC Ravi Pillay of Public Works and Human Settlements was um, meeting with the community. And there were um, requests for certain allocations for structures to be put up and so on. And they indicated that even though it doesn't fall within his competence, he will seek resources within his own budget to allocate for that particular community need. Mm. Now, that's not an approach that is ordinarily taken, but here what we're wanting to demonstrate, that there are resources in various arms of government that can be um, legitimately deployed when these kinds of
0: situations arise, yeah. Kiru, on the issue of government, a point raised there about the urgency of it and I think the delivery of it. Uh, when the issue in Chatsworth arose, uh, it was quite published everywhere. Why did MECs or government representatives not attend to the scene? Had they been there, they gave in some sort of assurance to that community. Maybe you wouldn't have had 19 people arrested. Yeah, look, it's it's
2: not a, a fair criticism to say that people just descend. On an area when there's a crisis, it's just perhaps that it, that gets more media attention at that time. We are seeing there's a consistent approach, not just MEC Pele, but a whole range of others, to be able to be on the ground with communities. And um, I think that here yeah, we must also have a case where the different community structures ask more frequently for MECs and ministers to come round and address them. I thought that Minister, um, Minister Begitrelle was very well received there. Immediately a request was put to him, he descended on that community to address a crisis. So I don't think that government is apprehensive about coming to a local community. And we've seen this demonstrated in crisis situations, but the visibility certainly of politicians
0: Mm. is there. I think, gentlemen, just to end now, and we literally have about 30 seconds to wrap up the conversation, your commitment then to the people assembled here on how to take forward the issue of crime, they've put their concerns through to you. Some answers were given, some answers weren't given because they weren't available. What what assurances can they leave with here today?
3: Look, um, we met with, fortunately, met with the acting uh, provincial commissioner on Monday very briefly, uh, and he's indicated to us he wants to see more visibility. Um, his deployment here was to reduce crime. He's not worried about the administrative issues, there are people uh, in, in positions to take care of that. He's just going to be on the street. Uh, fighting crime. He wants to see more visibility from, as I indicated, uh, people play strategically, more stop and searches because he feels that criminals just move around too freely. And, uh, and, and when we know we can profile police officers also, even members of the community can see people. And you know, uh, we always asked, you know, when you stop a vehicle, you said it was a suspicious vehicle. What was suspicious? But mm. it's a sixth sense, everybody knows that. Yeah. And he's uh, yeah. being a police officer, worked on the street, knows that yeah. he said, we're not doing enough stopping people. We need to stop, right. maybe uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll leave it there with you. Kiru, I think just this assurance in, in literally 10 seconds, what could the community take from this engagement?
2: Well, one assurance is that there's a readiness to listen and to respond and to be
0: physically present as we've seen in this past week. Well we'll leave it there with you as our conversation on how to take forward the conversation against crime. The broadcast came away a uh- uh, courtesy of the team as led by executive producer Salma Patel. We're back tomorrow between 1 and 2 for another edition of Newsbreak Talk. From Meet thank you so much for joining through. And to everybody assembled here, thank you so much for making the time and for raising, I think, important points to uh, a delegation present here. And we'll have to leave our conversation there.